are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, bit of a slower day in terms of news, and we're going to start diving deep into the draft at the end of this week and into next week and so on and so forth, but I want to talk a little bit more about the NBA Finals, more about small markets versus big markets, the Anthony Davis stuff that happened last season, forcing his way to LA. What does that mean for small market teams? Did he develop a blueprint for how any big star can go and win an easy title? Yes and no, I think. And then how does LeBron James factor into all of this? And he is he the real one that made this happen? And I'd argue that it's yes. And then, of course, we will wrap up today's show with Trade Target Tuesday. And I'll give you the next name on my list that I think the Pelicans could look to go after. So let's talk about the small market versus big market, because this is a thing that has always been a concern in the NBA, I think. And at times we've seen it be a massive advantage before the last CBA was renegotiated, Supermax and all of that stuff. The big market teams with just more money and more ways to acquire talent, it felt like, even if there is a salary cap and everyone's got to abide by that, really felt like a thing. Now with the Supermax, at least there is somewhat of a financial incentive to have guys remain where they are, those superstar level players. It hasn't quite worked out that way. Anthony Davis uh, forwent it, foregoed it, to leave and go to Los Angeles. The Kings didn't end up wanting to give it to DeMarcus Cousins, even though he would have taken it there in Sacramento before that trade here. And I wonder if just that amount of money is just too much for some small market teams to play to pay without getting near the luxury tax or crippling the rest of your roster. And therefore, it actually gives a big boost to big market teams who don't have those sorts of concerns about things. And I think that could be the case. But that's at least something they put in to try and balance things out between the small markets and the big markets and the allure of those big markets uh, and the marketing opportunities and all of that stuff that comes with it. Now, we've seen some of those myths get shattered. Giannis is all over the place in the NBA and has big endorsement deals. Zion here in New Orleans, the lowly market of New Orleans, which I love, that Anthony Davis didn't want to stay in to go get more endorsement money in LA has more than about anyone else. He probably made close to 30 million in endorsements this past season alone. That's just on that year means that should probably go up in subsequent years. So I think to some degree that if you are a marketable player being in a small market or a big market in terms of endorsements doesn't matter. And that's been proven. We've seen that this past year. AD doesn't have any more endorsements than he did here, big ones that we're aware of. Zion's the one on the cover of the next-gen version of 2K. All of that factors into this. He's got a shoe deal. AD doesn't. AD's a champion. Now, maybe that changes. Winning helps things. But we'll see. So where does this small market, big market thing kind of come into play? And it's it seems to be that guys want to live in these big cities. Players want to live in these big cities like Los Angeles. Miami's a little bit different. Um, New York, certainly, that seems to always kind of be on people's minds, even though they actually haven't gotten a big name star like this. But LA at the very least. Kawhi Leonard wanted to go back home to LA. Paul George wanted to go to LA. 
All of those guys want to go to Los Angeles. And this is where it gets a little bit tricky because you can't put more beaches in other cities. You can't make the quality of life that you get in a city like Los Angeles versus other places uh, and change that. This is just an inherent advantage that Los Angeles has. And it's unfortunate. Look, I love living in New Orleans. I choose to live here in New Orleans. I'm from Los Angeles originally. I could move back, get a job, maybe cover the Lakers, maybe not. But I choose to be here because I really like it here. But I'm also not making uh, you know 15 plus million dollars a year as an athlete and don't want to live in a city where the street just floods on a random Wednesday because of some rain. And I think stuff like that factors into the decisions these players make. I've spoken to a number of Pelicans players, NBA guys, um, Saints players too I've spoken to about it as well as former Saints players who have left. And part of it is... They, these guys want to be in like a city with a with more a more clubby type of scene, or that has just more than New Orleans has to offer. Masquerade, I'm sure, is nice, but when that's the real only option for that sort of thing, it does limit you. So when you look at this NBA Finals, where the Lakers didn't do anything right the past couple of years at all, nothing right the past couple of years, and now come away as the NBA finalist, the winner, looking like they can probably repeat next year and look to potentially build a a dynasty, it's really disappointing because, look, they didn't do shit right. The way this started for them was two years ago, LeBron decided he wanted to live in Los Angeles full-time. Not Cleveland, not Miami, not any other city. He wanted to live in Los Angeles. Let's not make this about the pitch that Magic Johnson put on LeBron James. This was about LeBron deciding he wanted to live in Los Angeles and playing for those teams. Same thing for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. It was because Kawhi wanted to move there and live there and play for one of those two teams because he wanted to play in Los Angeles. It's sometimes just very, very simple. And that's what it was. And that's disappointing for small market teams that it doesn't work the same way for them. And then Anthony Davis forced his way out of that small market using every burn-the-bridge tactic possible to go to Los Angeles earlier than he would have been allowed to in free agency, and it worked, and it paid off for him because he won a title. And now a concern I have is, does this establish a blueprint for every other player in the league to try and follow? Star player, middling player, maybe you just want to go win a title and live in LA and have a good life. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that. But it kind of subverts the CBA and the system we have here in Los Angeles. Or, sorry, in New Orleans, in the NBA, all of that stuff. And that's a problem. So is this something that we're going to see more of? Let's talk about that more coming up. But also, I don't think it's as widespread as you might expect for a couple of different reasons. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your car yourself is to save some money that you can use for other important things, whether it's mortgage, food, whatever. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? You shouldn't. Don't do that. Chain stores have a different price tier for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and always reliably low. 
rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Literally, they have everything you could be looking for. Their catalog is unique, easy to use. Just click on the make of your car, the year, and then the specific model, and they're going to show you everything for your car available. You can choose the brand, specifications, and prices. And that's the best part. You can choose the price that you want to pay. They're going to show you multiple options. You want the more expensive one? Go for it. You just need a budget part for your car to get by? Go for that one too and save some money. Their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much for the same part. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Today's show is also brought to you by Built Go. Sometimes there's just a wall you've got to break through, whether it's me prepping for this podcast sometimes in the off season, whether it's me just waking up and having and looking at my calendar and realizing I have like eight Zoom meetings in a row and just how am I going to get through all of that stuff, whether it's a workout, a work meeting, whatever it is, being motivated in general, you've got to try and break through that wall. And Built Go is perfect for it. It's, it's made by the people who make Built Bar and it's the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy isn't fake. It's lasting and it's natural. I've been taking this stuff in the morning alongside my coffee in the morning and I feel really, really good. So whether it's a mental or physical wall breakthrough with Go every single day, it's energy gel. They come in easy to take half, uh, one and a half ounce packages that you can throw in your briefcase for your best presentation ever. Throw it in your golf bag to get you through the back nine. Whatever it is, keep it with you throughout the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five hour energy without the same crap feeling plus it's natural so it's just a little bit better for the body it's basically like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results and it comes in three delicious flavors peanut butter and honey chocolate coconut and chocolate mint built go combines energy gel with collagen protein and collagen protein is fast absorbing so it gets into my system fast plus it's easy on the stomach it's loaded with other good stuff too like b3 b12 b6 all of that stuff and that collagen promotes joint soft tissue and hair and skin health so this stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off over at BuiltGo.com. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from here Monday through Friday for you all breaking down everything you want to know about this team, whether it is and the NBA too, whether it's whatever's going on in the league, whether it's free agency, the coaching search, we're going to have it all here. And the second a coach is hired, you know we're going to have a ton of podcasts talking about what they're going to bring to the table for this Pelicans team. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So we talked in the last segment about my concerns for the NBA and maybe this Lakers title really shows other stars a big blueprint of how to get out and go win a title in Los Angeles, in New York, one of the big markets they want to go to, or just how to get out of uh, an organization they don't want to be in. It's like a new level of player empowerment on top of the new level of player empowerment that we're already in. And the other player empowerment stuff's fine, leaving free agency, all of that, right? But no one wants to see the way Anthony Davis torched his way out of New Orleans and forced his way to a Los Angeles Lakers team that seems to have been controlled by, I, I, I don't know, just like not in the right way, right? We all agree on this. We don't need to belabor that point. So is this something that's going to start happening pretty often? It could be, you know, it, if Anthony Davis and the Lakers didn't win a title, maybe this is a little bit different, but they kind of got what they wanted, right? When the ends justify the means and this appears to have done so, 
I think that definitely hurts uh, the chances of this not occurring. But the real test is going to come in the next year. And it's going to come down to what Giannis does and the Milwaukee Bucks. He's up for a Supermax extension. If the Supermax works, he's going to take it. If the Supermax doesn't work and they don't look like they're going to win, he's going to want out. And that's a big concern. They flamed out in the playoffs. There's reason we've been talking about this stuff because we saw it with Anthony Davis. We've seen it with like every superstar, basically. They want out if you're not winning after a certain period of time. And they want out sooner. So if he doesn't take the Supermax and is on the final year of his deal and then wants to go to a team like the Lakers, the Clippers, or New York and doesn't want to go to or, – or the Golden State Warriors or San Francisco, it's a big market, or or the Heat and wants to go to – it doesn't want to go to a good team that could use him, say Denver Nuggets, right? Or any of those other like fringe title contenders, say the uh, Toronto Raptors. If he wants to go to one of the big marquee, big market teams and that's it – that is a concern for the rest of the league, and he will be the true test because I don't think what happened with Anthony Davis is necessarily the norm. I don't think this was – part of it's the draw of L.A. like we talked about, but I also I think – I don't think anyone could have orchestrated this in the history of the league other than the person who did orchestrate that, which was not Anthony Davis. It was not Adam Silver. It was simply LeBron James. LeBron – is on another level, not just in terms of a being a basketball player, not in terms of being a GM, he's not, but in terms of having a vision and being able to go out and execute it. Of being able to realize, if I go to LA, it's going to make Anthony Davis want to come and play with me there. Won't make him want to play with me in Cleveland. Won't make me want to go to the Pelicans and play with him in New Orleans. It had to be in LA, and he knew this. And he made it happen, and then he and his agent likely fed Anthony Davis everything he needed to be able to force his way out of New Orleans. If that's Kawhi Leonard there, maybe Leonard has some of the ability to get that done. He did orchestrate the Paul George trade, though not nearly the same type of player as Anthony Davis is. But with LeBron, it's just on another level. And I don't know if anyone else can do that sort of thing. And so if LeBron's not actively doing this and maybe he does it for the Lakers for a while, they're going to have Anthony Davis, LeBron James and 30 million in cap space in a year. And their cap looks pretty clean that they could attract a third star if they needed to, or as many good role players as they need to for probably less. And that's before you start factoring in, does LeBron James start taking less money to give the team more cap space to be able to do all of this? That I don't think anyone else could do this other than LeBron. You know, if LeBron was in New York, it would have happened there too, and it wouldn't have happened for the Lakers. So in terms of this being a thing, yeah, I'm I'm concerned about it. But overall, LeBron's the one who's doing this. LeBron's the man when it comes to this sort of thing. And he's the only one that can do it. I don't know if you put Damian Lillard in LA, does this same situation happen? Damian Lillard in New York, I don't think the same thing happens. And that's comforting to me in a way because I don't want this to be the norm. I don't think it's good for the league as a whole that this is the norm. And so if it's not the norm because it's a LeBron thing, then that's good. And I think it could potentially be that as well. But we'll see. And the real test of can small market teams keep their big name stars, their superstars, is going to come down to the Bucks and Giannis. They've made the playoffs, they've been title contenders, so they haven't gotten over the hump to even get into the finals. And is them improving around him and being a good team year after year enough? Or is it title or bust with him and them? And we will find out soon. He's not going to take the Supermax. 
And then they've got to risk trading him, or at least this offseason. He will take it next season if he wants to stay, but not this season. There's no reason to sign it early. So do they get nervous and trade him, or do they kind of go all in trying to keep him? I'm not sure, and we're going to find out, and I think that's going to be the best benchmark we get of whether Supermax and small teams can actually compete in this day and age in the NBA currently. Coming up, Trade Target Tuesday, Joel Embiid from the Philadelphia 76ers, but you weren't seeing that one coming. We will talk about it here in just a second. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. And on Tuesdays, it's Trade Target Tuesday. I got a weird one, and I don't know if I like this, but a couple of people have asked me about it. I've been asked on the radio, too, about this, and that's Joel Embiid from the Philadelphia 76ers, or Ben Simmons. Like Basically, like they're, they're interchangeable, and the reason they're interchangeable is we don't know, no one probably knows, if they can really coexist and work in the with the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, the likelihood of either of those two guys being traded right now once Doc Rivers has been brought in as head coach is basically zero. So this isn't a realistic thing, but it's something that's kind of fun to talk about. Basically, you're building a package around Drew Holiday, J.J. Redick, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker or Jackson Hayes, plus the 13th pick in this upcoming draft, and then another first-round pick likely for Joel Embiid and then, or Ben Simmons and whatever it is you need to make the money work to make that trade work. Anything else is just filler at that point, right? It's centered around one of those two guys. Let's, let's focus on Joel Embiid first because I think that's the one they're more likely to trade than Ben Simmons. But at the same point, Ben Simmons not shooting threes in like the somewhat limits on his game that you see because of the jump, the lack of jump shooting is a bit of a concern too. So I could see if they're like, okay, this isn't working. We got to pick one who's going to be right. So Joel Embiid, I think is maybe the more gettable one because I think you need someone who at least shoots threes. If you're going to put him around Zion and Simmons isn't really doing that, even though I'm high on Simmons. So that's the trade. Why would the, the the only reason the Sixers do this, this is the only reason that they would make this trade. It's not because they like those draft picks. It's not because they're rebuilding. It's not because they're even all that high on Drew Holiday or J.J. Redick or anything like that. It is because they don't think these two guys can coexist. Maybe you figure that out by the trade deadline this coming year. Maybe you don't. Likely, this isn't happening because they want to give this more run with Doc Rivers and see if Doc Rivers is able to do something. So the Sixers don't do this because they like the pieces they're getting back. It's just they have to trade one of these guys and they want to get as much value for that player as possible. And it's really as simple as that. Holiday in the backcourt with Simmons. Yeah, that makes some sense. Adding J.J. Redick back to that team and the three-point shooting he gives them, of course. So those are all good things. That's your maximum value. What about the Pelicans? Does this make sense for him? And on the surface, it kind of does. Pairing Joel Embiid with Zion Williamson up front. Yeah, I think that's uh, could look good on paper. But we saw this season that Zion needs space. Otherwise, it can be very difficult for him to score. His numbers are inflated, I think. And I've said this before by those offensive rebounds that he gets off his own misses and being able to put those back in. That's great. Not complaining. But maybe if you weren't missing in the first place, your offense might be a little bit more efficient. And that could be because you're missing so much because of all the mucking up of the paint. And guys are able to double team him down low or there's no room for him to drive and he doesn't have the ball handling skills to kind of get around some of that stuff. So Joel Embiid, I think, creates some of those problems. 
Yes, he can shoot the three-pointer, and he takes a decent amount per game. He took 6.4 last season and almost eight attempts per game the year before that. But he shoots them for his career at 32%. Teams are happy if Joel Embiid shoots a three against him. So it's going to mean they're going to still pack the paint. But he is a rim protector, and I don't think I've ever seen someone like him just take away the paint from people um, like he does. So I would be in favor of it because of the defensive side of the ball and just getting that stuff fixed because he's so good on that side. But overall, I'm not overly thrilled about that. The injuries are a concern. The salary is a slight concern as well, and this isn't the trade that I would feel that good going all in for. So there you go. Trade Target Tuesday. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.